Welcome to our podcast, We Got the Nod. A new and bold internet radio show designed for those who are on a conscious path of awakening. We are here to uplift and inspire you, to share practical tools and techniques to assist you stepping into your highest expression as spirit having a human experience. We will get raw and real, sharing kundalini yoga, music, poetry, and mantra, and so much more. Let us open our hearts and minds to our true potential, making the impossible possible, the surreal real. Let's begin. Satnam, this is Hariram, and I'm delighted to introduce part one of a two-part interview with Sasha Stone. Satkirtan and I had the immense pleasure of interviewing one who we consider to be an avatar on the forefront of human conscious evolution. We spoke about topics pertinent to this time in human evolution, including the what Sasha refers to as the alchemical bifurcation, how we are literally at a crossroads. It is a time of deep let-go, moving into this eternal moment, which we, we like to call akal, timelessness, deathlessness, as living men and living women of the living soil. Sasha addresses these themes beautifully, poetically, that we are all sovereign beings, that all are welcome here on this glorious planet, Tara, Gaia. And we spoke about this in the context of recent upgrades, including the harmonic convergence of 1987, and then, of course, the shift that happened in 2012, in 2013, and how, at this moment, moving from 2020 into 2021, we are experiencing what Sasha refers to as a galactic orgasm. We're being bathed in light, ultraviolet light. And there's no time more poignant, more essential for us to practice free will consciously choose rebirth. We touched on shamanic traditions, yes, how the rebirth must be preceded by a total death, a let go, and how the shadow helps to define and give shape to 
our truth to the truth in the light of existence. This recent COVID pandemic, in a way, illustrates the collective rebirth process, that we're, we're all, in a sense, poisoned. We're all taking this medicine we call COVID-19 in order to, to die to the past and be reborn into this precious divine moment, a collective rebirth. We hope you enjoy this conversation as much as we did. Satnam. Welcome to this broadcast here. We have a beautiful, wonderful guest with us that we're so excited to bring to you today, Sasha Stone. He's a musician, he's an artist, he's an activist, founder of the New Earth Project and the International Tribunal for Natural Justice. So welcome, Sasha. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much. For being you guys. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Yeah, so um, we've we've been we've been following Sash off and on for quite a while now, since uh, really around the beginning of the the pandemic, and uh, over the course of this time, I've heard I've heard you, Sasha, speak a number of times about near death experiences and how that brought you to to be who you are and and to have this courage to do all the great things you're doing. Uh, so we'd like to address that because when I when I approached Sasha about this interview, uh, I broached this subject and he said yes, that he would speak with us. We were so delighted. Um, but first, he wanted to share. Satkirtan wanted to say something about yes this upheaval that happened. Exactly. <laughs> so going into the quarantine time in March. We were still very anti-Trump. We were still very liberal, <laughs> very much under the dream spell. And it was through that process of um, doing research and finding people like Sasha and Charlie Freak and others that really, and doing our own research to help us wake us up. And it was very much an enlightening experience of awakening. And when we finally came out to our peers, especially in the yoga community, it was very disruptive. Um, we received a lot of resistance, lashback, very vile comments, smearing our characters. Um, so I'm curious, Sasha, what, what words do you have for people like us that are waking up and coming out and the upheaval they're getting as a result of that? Well, put it this way, what I would say to the people who are vilifying and castigating people like you, to them, I would say, get well soon, um, <laughs> if, if, if indeed you can, because we're out of time. There is no time. You're either, you're either resonating in, in the frequency uh, uh, set of, of, of truth, or you are not. I mean, that's all part of the great alchemical bifurcation that's been happening um, at the kind of psychological, uh, civilized, psycho-civilizational level. Uh, for a long, long time, and we've reached that point now. Subsequent to the 1960s and the and the and the 1980s, with the harmonic convergence in in the, in, the, in the mid 80s, all the way through to 2012. And 2012, of course, was kind of a, a shadow 
event leading up to what's happening this next week with the with the with the true ending of time uh, of the long count Sulkin, which really is 20, uh, 2020, 21st of December this year coming up. So there's a compression, a natural organic compression uh, toward that singularity, this winter solstice and, and flipping onto the other side of it. And that's really the line that demarcates pure truth or not. And, and to those people who have, or have, who have become indentured into the uh, to the Luciferian complex, uh, and and what by that I mean the false light, which is the absence of truth, and the absence of truth is where there is no resonance, where there is no psionic intelligence, where where the people are not connected at that uh, psionic telepathic level to that which uh, self exists as truth, uh, and so we've seen this tremendous bifurcation happening at the uh, political and socio political level families falling apart, entire communities tearing each other's throats out. Well, actually, it's not that. The people who are in truth are having a smile on their face and just going, hey, I'm feeling good about the future. I'm feeling good about now. And, and, and because it does feel good to be in the embrace of that beautiful resonance, that truth. And so you go onto that ship and it may be turbulent. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's the wisdom of insecurity. That's the beauty of being in a state of grace within. When you're aligned to truth, you can be in turbulence. You can be in the eye of a storm. It doesn't matter because you feel, you feel righteous about where you be. On the other hand, when you are foundationally out of resonance with truth, you project images externally in order to try to, to map inwardly the vacuum that exists inwardly. And then you, you declare war on the world and you declare war on others and you judge others and you throw stones at others. So that's all part of the, of the misstep in our evolution. When you are not in resonance with truth, you enmatize, you demonize others. You need to find fault with others. So it's very simple uh, logic. Uh, those of us who have a smile on our face and who invariably feel pretty good about being, about the now, about the alpha and the omega, we are in resonance with pure truth because pure truth only knows the source code of creation, which is love, which is the empathic wave form that issues out of an actualized human heart. That's the stuff that absolves and redeems and forgives and transmutes and transcends. And the other values constrict and they hurt, they injure, they defile, they degrade, they die, they corrupt, they corrode. That's it. It's a beautiful choice in the bifurcation, the alchemical bifurcation of our time right now. So the question is this, is are you prepared to let go of those members of your family, your community, your friend, your circle, the old, you know, kind of apparatus of your life? Are you okay about letting go of that? You must be okay about it. Um, I'm, I'm feeling very okay about saying goodbye to certain elements in my life, including elements within family and friends in those circles. It's okay, just let it go. But really be very, very where you be, be completely attuned to this pure truth. And I think you'll find in the coming days, this, this is gonna become more of a compression event in the next week or so. And when we come through the flip side or the eye of the needle, we come through the eye of the needle into the first quarter of 2021, um, there's going to be tremendous calamity in the world, tremendous calamity, but not to those who've already made that determination that we're standing in the flame of truth. 
and it's okay. We're in the embrace of our Christ of nature. It's all okay. And however this journey carries us, whether it's three days, three weeks, three months, or three years, is immaterial. Time is not uh, the issue. But watching the motion of your feet on the journey, every single footstep, and weighing and measuring that, that's the true alchemist laboratory. And that's what all of us are being invited now, to simply be very present in the sanctity of how we conduct right action in this world and how we stand in pure truth. When I, when I hear you speak about living souls of the living earth, I always feel inspired and delighted with those words. Do you like to say anything more about that? Really yeah, let's, let's look at it. I haven't thought about it, but why do I always talk about the living men and women of the living soil? I think what I'm referring to is what I now am seeing as the Adamite, is the Adamite, um, which is the, the Holy Grail, the true grail of creation in the 3D temporal universe, is Tara, this earth plane. We are of the soil. And, and that's what's so miraculous about us. It's the microbial uh, DNA, the cellular DNA of microbes billions and trillions and trillions of them that makes up the soil. The soil is alive, the oceans are alive, the air is alive. Everything in this ecosystem of this biosphere, of this earth, within the newosphere, everything is alive. It's so incredibly alive. You look at Jupiter or Venus or Saturn or, or the moon for God, you know, God forbid, or any part of the solar system outside of the sun, which is the true alpha, omega, life source, but look at Earth. Earth is what receives. She's a womb. She's a beautiful blue pearl womb in this uh, outer quadrant of the Milky Way. And she simply invites and receives the seeding of the stars, of the galaxies, of the different uh, hyperdimensional realms and the subdimensional realms. Everyone is welcome into the womb of Gaia. Every comer is welcome. Whether you are a Pleiadian or an Arcturian or a Zeta Reticulum or a goddamn Draco Reptilian, it doesn't matter. All, all of the, the galactic spermatosa is welcomed to seed this beautiful womb. And that's been going on a long, long time. You know, how we define our reality and the stupid idea of time. But so long as we're playing this game, let's play it. So we've been through various cycles of time and rhythms and cycles. And the, the, the beautiful thing about it is that the human being, the Adamite, that's you and I, the Christed being, the one that is standing in their authenticity, their truth, and being very present in the now. Uh, an Adamite, a true human, is, is not a Christian or a Muslim or a Buddhist or a Shinto or a Confucianist. It, it is none of those things. A true human, an Adamite, the one that is connected to the living soil, is the one who is not uh, projecting plasma attention to the future and obsessing about the future. And nor are they looking over the shoulder and regretting or resenting the past or being in, in fear of the past, which is to say blaming anything or anyone. Because the state of our current uh, social uh, dysfunction and dystopia in the world is connected to one thing alone, and that is victimhood. The idea that we are the victim of the state or the government or the World Health Organization, or the banks, or history, or our parents, or our bad blood, our bad DNA. To think that I'm a victim of anything is to make myself a victim. And so long as I'm standing in victimhood, I am not standing in my Adamic 
privilege, my Adamite privilege. I am not a living son or daughter of God connected to the living soil. So again, the language is dirt simple. Always come back to that. The Alpha Omega is, I have steered my plasma into this vector of time space, into this 3D temporal world, this beautiful Tara. Here I stand. Am I going to allow myself from birth to be mind fucked by my culture, by my government, by the society, by the family? Or am I going to increasingly reject all of those insane ideas, those bad imaginings by old dead people, normally Victorian gentlemen, you know, who smoke pipes, dreamt up wars and disease. Forget all that. The Babylonian priesthood, the Vatican complex, the, the imperial crowns of, of Europe, all of this stuff is of no consequence to the true living uh, son or daughter of God. We must just learn the alchemy of manifestation, the alchemy of supernature is connected to our capacity to be here now, absolutely in the living present. And to understand that the fractal geometry of the entirety of creation issues from this point, this zero point, it, it issues out there. But I am always, so long as I'm in a state of grace, I, that is you and you and you and you and I, we are all the I am. The I am is the unified aspect of self, actualized self in every vector of creation that is standing absolutely in the geometry of now without seeking to escape it, not looking to run from anything, not looking to dominate or for, for supremacy over anything or anyone, just being absolutely in the now. That's where the alchemy really takes place. And we're about to learn that as a species. We're all of us about to learn how profound and deep our supernature goes. By that I mean, as we move into this uh, upgrading of ultraviolet light that is coming, this photonic bandwidth of light that is incrementally increasing as we move through the ecliptic of the galaxy, this is happening since 1986, since the harmonic uh, convergence. And then of course the 2012-2013 crossover, now with 2020 coming up, uh, the end of uh, winter solstice in a few days, moving into 2021, as it moves towards 2030 and then 2046, these are all the primary nodes that demarcate the, uh, the event horizons where we are incrementally met with ever increasing intensity of light coding. And the degree and the extent to which you and I in an actualized state of grace are able to receive that coding and allow for that coding to move into every atom, every molecule, every cell in our bodies, and then bring our bodies into true convergence with our celestial supernature, which is in a sense, I'm trying to describe the mechanics of ascension that are gonna be taking place in 3D form. So as your third density form starts to become of a higher, higher vibratory oscillation connected to that inducting or transducing of light coding, the more you are able to receive that in incremental upgrading of light, the more you will be able to actualize and be present within that ascension process, which is the galactic orgasm. So if you think that jacking off or making love is where it's at, think, think cosmic orgasm, think galactic orgasm. WGTN Guatemala. Today's podcast is brought to you by the School of Nod. International School of Kundalini Yoga, Nod Yoga, Psychodrama, and more.
founded by the dynamic soulmate duo Hariram and Satkirtan, the School of Nod offers unique and transformative online programs. Satkirtan and Hariram have between them 30 years experience leading classes, workshops, kirtan, and retreats. For more information, go to www.schoolofnod.com. And now, back to the podcast. WGTN Guatemala. This is the true state of euphoria or bliss that each one of us in the world today uh, is, pre- is, is uh, each of us have access to that coding. But th- at the same time, bear in mind that it's a bifurcation. So there's a great many souls who are on that, that dividing line who are choosing not to step into that uh, incremental light coding because they can't sustain it. And there's a degree of honesty in that at the soul, at the oversoul level. So it's okay to salute those who are choosing not to and will bifurcate off and incarnate elsewhere or become space dust uh, if that's also their choosing. But it's, uh, there are no rules. And that's also part of the Adamite privilege of being an Adam, a living son or daughter of God of the living soil. Uh, there are no rules here whatsoever. And we'll find that out increasingly as we depart the myth of time and move into our true state of witness, which is where timelessness exists. That is the true calling of the superhuman. And we're on that precipice of departing the myth of time, the myth of power, the myth of supremacy and dominion, all of that old arcane, parasitic, draconian bullshit that we have played out endlessly in different cycles of civilizations and epochs. We're just letting it go now. But there's very few of us who are actualized. But those who are choosing to be fully actualized in the now are the ones who are going and releasing the rest of this earth plane from that spellbinding, that witchery. It's why I speak with such confidence, because there are things that we know, absolutely know to be, to be so. And this is, this is what I call pure truth. And we are invited by the status quo, by government, by religion, by culture, by programming. We're invited never to identify with that Atman, that absolute state of grace and truth. And I'm saying, fuck that. The only thing worth focusing on is to recognize and acknowledge and exceed the fact that we are standing in Atman. And my will be done, but not in the Luciferian tradition, not in the tradition of Madame Blavatsky and, and Alistair Crowley. God love them and God salute them for their little, uh, you know, pantomime that they played. I'm not talking about that kind of, you know, my will be done. I'm saying when my will moves into phase conjugation and absolute coherence with thy will, with the, with the alpha, that is me stepping into my divine nature and seeing that there was never a separation between divine nature and my truest uh, expression, which is supernature. What got in the way was that egoic thing, that cult programming thing, the bit where I was, you know, pulled out of my mother's womb and had the umbilical cord cut by some, you know, moronic uh, doctor in a white coat with, uh, with a pair of scissors and all of that Atlantean bad magic that happened from that day and the cult programming that completely uh, foot-binded me into being a good little white Zimbabwean, 
you know, in, in sub-Saharan Africa and singing the national anthem and uh, polishing my fucking shoes at night, all that crap that we're put into. You then know, they want to see your foreskin on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, no, no, no. They left my foreskin uh, intact. Uh, Thank you for interrupting me. I, I've been ranting a little bit. <laughs> I mean, so many. Th I, I I wish we could we had our series because uh, there's so many things that uh, we, we resonate. One of the which I know, speaking for both of us, your sense of humor so important. Uh, you know, for for me, Sasha, I think you spoke speak about the ego and and time. Getting back to the near death theme, linear time versus the the now, the eternal now, and we could say that the poop story, as I like to call it. <laughs> The, the human condition is about that linear time, that lie, right? Yeah. And I, cause I, I like when you speak about the cycles of time and Blavatsky's and, and so on, and how it all kind of uh, spirals around this moment uh, when, we, when we free ourselves uh, from that linear time spell. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, that was always the, that was always the prerogative of the of the uh, shaman, uh, the witch doctor, the medicine man, and the the oracle and the scryer, uh, the wizard, the warlock, the witch, you know, all of these uh, kind of uh, quasi mythical transcendent um, aspects of of the the human in 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 the annals of history. Those the, the brave uh, objective by all of those creatures, even the wizards and the warlocks and the witches, has been to 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 be able to peer into the realm of the unseen because the one thing we all know is that we come from somewhere and we're going to something and and so it's that realm of the unseen in bali we call it the niskala the scala and the niskala and the realm of the unseen is of a fascination uh, to to the kind of people who have the courage uh, to try and peer beyond the veil and how do you do it? Well, the, the blood cultists do it by sacrificing chickens or sacrificing human babies or sodomizing uh, infants in order to invert the Kundalini and steal the Promethean fire. There are so many ways of doing it. There are beautiful ways of, of being a scryer and an oracle, of moving into transcendental states of mind, which is connected to your own organic capacity to peer beyond the Hermes veil. And that's through mental discipline. Um, and qualification, not sublimation, but qualification of the ego and moving into a state of grace and then being able to move into those realms. Uh, astral uh, and lucid uh, dreaming and projection is also uh, something which we are able to actually learn how to do that stuff. But then there's the dark side, which is the, as I said, the, the, the way in which certain elements amongst us have manipulated the unseen. And that's spellbinding and witchery, Babylonian witchcraft. I mean, I speak about this a great deal because now more than ever before with this Corona uh, COVID pantomime, we are able to see in black and white that it is spellbinding. It's a dream spell. It's a huge cloak, a shroud of witchery that has been cast upon the entire planet. Just the way the prophecy predicted it would happen has happened, bang, on cue. But of course, we're so intoxicated into the egoic projections, the egoic projections of this world, which is the Netflix and the billboards and the, and the, and the porn hub and, the, and all those different avenues that enchant and, and titillate our appetites and take us away from that state of being here now, that state of witness and grace. 
So we're surrounded in this world with, uh, with an ocean of dream spell and witchery. It doesn't matter. It actually becomes the texture against which you can define the still point. If you're smart, if you're smart, and if you're not smart, you'll just keep, oh, and what, by smart, I need to watch that. I'm getting a bit arrogant in my old age. What I mean by smart is, is, is wise. Like when, when you've suffered enough and you've truly suffered enough, you release yourself from the bond of suffrage. But when you haven't suffered enough and you still want to suffer and experience that bandwidth, then you suffer. And there again creates a weird feedback loop of being the victim, believing that you're a victim and suffering because you're a victim. But because you believe that you're a victim, you are powerless to do anything about it because it's being done to you. Remember, you're the one who wrote that script. And there it is, feedback. Everything is perfect feedback. Orgasm is perfect feedback. Bliss and euphoria is perfect feedback. Or misery, hell, sorrow. I know. I, I died and reborn, was reborn into those spaces many, many years ago. And I would certainly wouldn't speak about it if I hadn't gone through that shamanic uh, death and rebirth. And I think you wanted to touch a little bit uh, on that subject. I'm happy to do so. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we, we, we like to speak about Tantra too and, and orgasm. And I know everything's connected. The near-death experience yeah, um, is fascinating to us. I mean, I've been on the shamanic path as well as uh, Kundalini Yoga, which brought us together. To, we're both instructors. Um, and you, you, we did actually hear you recently speak about one near-death experience that you had with the, the greats, I, I believe, yeah, the, the reptilians. reptilians. But if you, if you yeah. have any specific stories yeah. you want to share, because we love good stories. <laughs> That, that, one, that one I've only started speaking about in the last few months. And I tell you, I only decided very recently to speak about it because I started to see when this COVID um, bullshit started unfolding. And then, and then I started to really change my own psychochemistry about how much am I prepared to speak about my own story? Number one, I'm bored of my own story and I genuinely don't like speaking about it. But I also appreciate that there, that, I'm able to verbalize certain things with a degree of authenticity um, that it maybe is very helpful. When I saw the degree to which the deception was being cast in the world with this COVID masking, quarantining, isolationing, this attempt to cauterize the fabric of human relationship, I thought, wow, that's some clever Babylonian shit happening right now. I didn't see that coming. I saw other simulations of end of days. I was for over 20 years, I've been running different simulation programs in my head about how I knew it was going to happen. And I knew it was going to happen roundabout now, because I understand the calendric systems pretty well. And I also understand MSET mathematics. And if you know about time wave zero and Z equals Z square plus C and how you apply that equation to this myth of time, you can pretty much predict that weird shit was going to happen in 2020. But but I didn't think it was going to be so, I didn't think the uptake was going to happen by humanity. I thought that we would, the Babylonian priesthood would spit some travesty in the face of humanity and we would swat it off within a few weeks. I didn't see that, think that we were going to fall into that lull and all roll back and believe the myth until black became white and white became black and, and Biden became the good guy and Trump became the evil guy. I mean, like, wow, wow. 
let's just look at that. You get a president, a commander in chief, the most powerful nation on earth. He comes in from left field, completely slam dunks the Sabbatean Zionist Luciferian gender. Okay, the Zionist thing, he's still playing into that. I've always said he'll only take care of that in second term for anyone who's going to start uh, writing in on that issue. So give, give the man second term, he will absolutely nail that, that element. And we all know the connections there. But the point is, here is a man who has, with the executive pen, pretty much dismantled the deep state already. Watch the executive orders that are going to come out. Today is the Tuesday, the 15th of December, okay? And apparently, I'm told by my phone, I just came off a three-hour interview before this one, so I haven't even had a chance uh, to catch my breath. But I did see on my phone something jumped up that, oh, Reuters or the associated networks are now formally announcing that uh, Trump, that Biden is the, the point. That's great. I, I was predicting that. I was saying yeah. electoral, the Electoral College will absolutely call him. They have to. Now, when he gives his, uh, his uh, acceptance speech or his victory speech later today or tomorrow, whenever this moron does it, wait for it. That's the point at which he's actually committed treason not conspiring to commit treason once he takes the crown puts it on his head stands there okay like the gibbering imbecile that he is with that uh, I, I, I call her camel toe harris i'm being very rude right now but <laughs> when when the two when the two of these people stand up and take their filthy little crowns okay their little dirty shiva and shakti routine wait for it that's the point at which the treason has been uh, conducted now you've got to wait till the 5th and the 6th of January for the, for the vote to come in uh, from, from the government proper. And then you'll see some fun between then and the 20th of January. Buy baked beans, a lot of baked beans, folks. That's all I'm going <laughs> to Really, because it's going to get really interesting now. But this is trolling, classic counter-coup trolling. And if I'm wrong, and there is a chance that I'm wrong, because if the collective consensus is running ahead of the timeline I'm, I'm seeing, then it can go anywhere. But the point is we are in a, an epoch, an axiomatic point where we are literally flipping black to white and, and good to evil. This is beautiful because if you understand the geometry, the hyperdimensional geometry, we had to come into this compression point. We had to convert. We had to push and excrete out of our bodies this poison. That's what this virus is. This COVID-19 bioweapon is a bioweapon, but the phenomenon that comes with it is a morphogenetic outburst or a flashpoint of needing to detox, needing to detox the, the sub sublimated wickedness and, and evil and, 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 and unresolved aspects of ourselves going back thousands of years. How else does it come out? It either gets excreted as a kind of phenomenon that we believe, like people around the world are believing. I had a, a former girlfriend of mine phone me up last night and this morning, crying on the phone. She's in bed in England and she's got COVID-19. She got the test back. She's dying. And to this morning, I say, I oh, shut the fuck up. I say, you're not dying. I said, just going to go, go back to Netflix, anything, but stop buying into this nonsense. And this morning, she's like, I can't breathe. I said, oh, shut up. You're fine. You've just caught flu it's the seasonal flu and there's two or three days where we all wheeze a little bit just stop it but i'm even with somebody i i love and i'm close to you're like you're trying to reason with them it's so easy for us to be pulled into the enchantment of fear and to entropy and to the diabolical 
but that's what we've invited upon ourselves. Jointly and severally, each one of us must go through a micro uh, shamanic death and rebirth. It must happen now. This is the only time it can happen. This is the last time it can happen truly. So you're going to see this happening to a lot of your friends and family. It's happening at the socioeconomic level. It's happening at the cultural level. If you look at how religiosity is breaking down, Muslims and, and Islamism is completely fucked up. Look at Christianity and the, and, the, and, the, and the Vatican. It's completely fucked up. I'm dealing directly with the cardinals in the Vatican and hearing from what's happening inside the college of cardinals. You know, it is like, this is like the gravest turbulence and travesty that any of these people have ever experienced. So we've arrived, end of days, apocalypse in our life. Isn't that amazing? And we're still able to have a conversation about it. Wow, what a blessing. You reminded me of, of a prophecy that I, I made back in around 2008, because I was looking forward to two, 2012, 2013, you know, with that awareness that you spoke of, not knowing that it would, there would be another seven year period leading up to 2020, perhaps. Eight year period, yeah. Eight year period. Yeah. And the way the way I prophesied, Sasha, was back in two thousand around two thousand eight was when we arrive around twenty thirteen, it'll be as if we are en masse uh, going on the most incredible LSD trip, a never ending LSD trip. And for those who are not prepared, it's going to be one horrific, bad, never ending LSD trip. Yeah. Well, stick around. I mean, stick around and keep your eyes to the sky in the coming days. I'm speaking to the audience here. Seriously, seriously, keep your eyes to the skies. And there's going to be a lot of phenomenon. I mean, I did say this at the beginning of the Corona thing, because as I saw that dream spell moving, um, I jumped on with Robert David Steele, the former CIA a spy who interviewed me. And he was asking for my prognostications. I said, oh, guaranteed UFO ET disclosure is coming now, right now, in, in weeks, weeks and months. Of course, that's now happened. And the Pentagon came out, released X-Files. And now we've got the Israeli, former head of the Israeli um, uh, um, uh, defense and, and space uh, uh, agency talking about the fact that, yes, we're dealing directly with uh, aliens and Trump knows all about this. And, you know, it's serious stuff, but it's also very needful that it gets out. I mean, those of us who know more or less the, the truth of the modern deep state and the military industrial complex, we know it's all connected to ET logic and uh, sequestered alien technologies and what have you. I've got no issue with that. I'm doing a lot of, a lot of broadcasting right now and shows connected to how we're using scalar technology and divinations to be able to map the frequencies of the Pleiadians and the Zeta Reticulans and the Draco Reptilians. This is an absolute science and it's fascinating what we're learning. We now begin, over 10 years ago, I was meeting with um, hybrid aliens, people who were contacting humanity at my foundation. You see, part of the work we've done going back many, many years is we've worked even at a governmental level um, with weird science. There have been some things which I'll be speaking about next year connected to things we were asked to get involved with and to look at, uh, like alien technologies. Many years ago, so I've been very familiar with the subject matter for years, because as a foundation, we've always had uh, brain trusts um, of scientists and technologists and mathematicians and clever, clever people, basically. That's what I set up over 20 years ago with Humanitat, was brain trusts of incredibly clever um, and progressive thinkers, uh, 
as whether the engineers, economists, um, uh, technologists, scientists, physicists, particle physicists, whatever. We've, we're very involved in that. I've, I've, I've known uh, different astronauts and a great many people connected to the military industrial complex and, and the secret space programs and so on. So, but what I've not done is published any of it or spoken publicly about it. We were doing that in the interests of conducting kind of backroom diplomacy and getting involved in the backroom narrative and dialogue that was seeking to further the evolution of humanity, which is why a lot of people are so spooked by me and uh, convinced that I'm a Vatican agent or I'm a Satanist or I rape babies or, you know, there's a lot of that evil shit out there with trolling exercises against me and the work I do. I get it. I get it. I know who these people are. We could hit their switch and turn them out overnight. Actually, I leave them because I think that they serve a purpose. They help to do the house cleaning for us and take low frequency people away from my movement, from my organizations. I want good, clean, progressivist, enlightened, beautiful tribe working within the International Tribunal or within the New Earth Project or within Humanitad. But we've had progressive and um, uh, brain trusts. So we've been consulted over the years at a governmental level to come in and look at some weird stuff that's going on. Like, ah! So I'm comfortable with the subject, super comfortable with ETs. And I know which ETs have been, you know, co-opted when by which government and where they've been housed. And I've been involved with the scientists and the people who've been variously connecting to these aliens. It's a fascinating subject. And one could talk about it for weeks. We want to thank Sasha Stone for his, his generosity in making time for this interview. And please stay tuned for part two of the interview, which will be released very soon. Thank you again. Satnam. We thank you for tuning in. Please make sure to subscribe so as not to miss a single episode. We depend on you, our listeners, to build and expand our audience, to share the nod. So... If you like what you hear, please do not hesitate to share with your friends, family, and community. Oh,